You're listening to the Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. Starting a new series today. It's on baptism. We're going to do four weeks of baptism. Axiom baptism coincide only accidentally. Four weeks of each of those. And what I'm really hoping to do, for those of you who have been baptized, is to help you remember your baptism, which is an ancient saying in Christianity, to remember your baptism. In fact, sometimes in the old days when Christians were acting like fools, someone would come to them and they would say, remember your baptism. But also, it would just be a way for you to remember the covenant that you made with God, to remember the the grace and transformation that you felt But also, if you haven't been baptized, this next four weeks is really the class that I would teach on baptism. And so if you're interested in getting baptized at the end of this four weeks, it ends on the day of Pentecost, which is the church's birthday. We celebrate the Holy Spirit coming, and I would love to have the opportunity to baptize you if you want more information about that. Also on that day, things that we can do. You can reaffirm your baptism, which we've done. If you've been baptized in the past and you're saying, I've had a new movement with Jesus, and I want to reaffirm what Jesus is doing in life, we can do that. If you have kids that you want to uh, give to the Lord, you can do that either in dedication, we do dedication services, or you can have your child baptized if you want. We can talk about that as well. So that's what this series is about, to help you remember your baptism if you've been baptized, and to encourage baptism and teach you about it if you are interested or thinking about it or discerning about it. We are doing baptism. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them. I have uh, the device right here that helps me figure out if you've texted me or not. And if you don't, we'll just skip right past it. But it's right here. That'll be at the bottom of each screen. But today we're talking about baptism. We, have all, we all have some concept or image of baptism. And I don't know what that is in your head. Maybe it's this. Yeah. We could do this. Maybe it's this. This is how I was baptized. A million years ago. No, I think it was 2001. It was 20 years ago. Might be this month. I got to go check. Party at my house. Maybe it's this. I had a cousin who was baptized when he was in boot camp. They get a lot of baptisms in boot camp because if you go to church, you don't have to go to boot camp on Sunday in the Air Force. And so there's a lot of people who are like, no, no, no. I love Jesus. He's lovely. And so he was baptized at that time. Some people were baptized like this, right? We recognize all of these forms of baptism. Obviously, my favorite one is the Russian Orthodox one where they just get down just, just a minute or two. We can do this if you want. Actually, my favorite part of this, all the way, every part of you has got to get touched. My favorite part, this guy's like running. He's like, I'm next. Let's do this. So today we're going to talk about what is baptism and why do we do it? What is it? Why do we do it? We're talking about why first, and I like to talk about the bad news first. I think there's some wrong reasons to get baptized, some wrong reasons. It doesn't negate your baptism, but if you're thinking about baptism, I would love for you to think about these, if if this is some of your motivation. Sometimes it's the approval of others, right? You want to get baptized because people are encouraging you to, or you're seeing other people do it, which is the next one, or, or your parents maybe pressured you into it or you're at camp and everybody else is doing it, right, which is this one, right? You do, there's like an emotional wave and people are like, we're doing baptisms and, and let's go. And it's just kind of ramped up in emotion and it, and it kind of encourages people to do that. 
Again, none of this negates what happens in baptism, but it might be a strong uh, motivation that uh, we would want to check. In fact, in the old church, 2,000 years ago, they made you do at least seven weeks of classes before you can do baptism uh, because they didn't want people to do something on emotion. Some people get baptized to be saved, and we just want to be clear that you are not saved by anything that you do. Salvation is a gift of God by grace, by putting your faith in Jesus. And so baptism is not you getting saved. And then the last one that I love, but I think still comes from wrong motivation, is a fresh start. And I hear this often. People just like, I want a fresh start. And there's a lot of good to that. A lot of like, baptism is marking a new season in my life where I'm dedicating myself to Jesus, and that is great. But sometimes it comes across as like uh, New Year's resolutions, which I break pretty much immediately. Sometimes I, get, I pick like a dozen to see if one sticks, you know? And uh, I've, I've had people that want to do this to like kick addiction or something like that. And, and what I always there's nothing there's nothing magic about this, right? Uh, there's a lot of really incredible theological things that happen. Uh, but if you're looking to make baptism a fresh start and then you continue to struggle with some of the same issues on the other side of baptism, it creates a lot of doubt in your heart about what happened and what's going on. So those might be some of the, of the wrong reasons. But before we get into what baptism is, I think it's important to talk about why baptism. Uh, and I would also encourage you to be thinking about why you were baptized or want to be baptized. What's your reason? We're going to talk about some general ones, but you're going to get yours. I have a video clip. It's a little bit longer, but it talks about the importance of why, and I love it. So take a watch. How do I know? A lot of people, when they think of the phrase, how do I know, they always want to put the what behind it. How do I know what I'm supposed to do? The, the question that you really should ask is, how do I know why I'm here? Because when you know your why, your what becomes more clear and more impactful. If you know, like for instance, um, people know that I do comedy, but that's what I do. My why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. So I can do comedy, I can write books, I can be in a movie, because all of it is motivated by my why. In fact, I have a new, uh, a new web series out called Michael Jr. Break Time. Uh, we probably just did the sixth episode. It's on YouTube. So every single Wednesday at 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode on YouTube of Michael Jr. Break Time. What it is is it's me. I travel around the country, and I do stand-up comedy, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and in the middle of my comedy set sometime, I'll stop and just talk to my audience. And we've been filming this, and it's... You know, it's, it's pretty cool. So we're in Winston-Salem. I'm going to show you a clip from Winston-Salem. And I'm just talking to this guy in the audience, and he tells me that he's a, uh, a musical instructor at a school. So I was like, all right, you're a musical instructor. You know, can you sing? Let me hear you sing a song. So this is what happened at the last episode of Michael Jr.'s Break Time. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so um, let, me get a couple, let me get a couple bars of, like, uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow. That brought could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Uh, now, once you give me the version, is if. Uh, 
your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick, if you, you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Okay, um, here's what I want you to catch. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're walking towards or in your purpose. Hey, I don't need to, I'm, I'm bumping and it was back pocket before. <laughs> so I get to tell you what baptism is. I went to school for a long time to tell you that. That's my specialty. But I can't tell you why, right? I can tell you maybe some of the wrong reasons, but that why is going to be super important. And so later on, even, I'm going to ask you to remember your why if you were baptism this week, or I'm going to be asking you to discern your why. Because as he said, and I don't need to reiterate, the why is the most important thing. This is about your relationship with Jesus. This is about Jesus' work in your life. I can tell you what happens and what, what we believe goes on in baptism, and we're going to be doing that for the next four weeks. But your why is going to be vital to the whole thing. Yeah. Here's, here's why, in a general sense, we get baptized. A couple reasons. Number one, Jesus was baptized. He models this for us. Matthew 3 tells us at that time, one of the first things Jesus does is he gets baptized. And John the Baptist is like, I don't know if I should be doing this. I'm not worthy. And Jesus says, it needs to be done. It needs to be done. I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. Uh, John the Baptist says, Jesus answered, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed. And what happened was immediately after Jesus came out of the water, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove. We're going to hit dove a little bit later in the sermon. Resting on him and a voice from God said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased and dearly loved. Yeah, Jesus was baptized. The other reason why from the Bible that we get baptized is that Jesus commands it. One of the last words Jesus says in Matthew 28, before he departs, he gets his disciples together and he says, Yes, this is called the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and lo, I'll be with you, even to the very end of the age. 
So this is why I think theologically why we get baptized. But again, I'm encouraging you to do some inner work about what that motivation is. Baptism ultimately cements what Jesus has done and is a catalyst for what Jesus is going to do. And that's the most succinct way I can put it here. This is what baptism does. is It cements what Jesus has already done and it's a catalyst for what Jesus is going to do. So again, you have to figure out what your why is. But let's talk about what it is. What is baptism? So there's an organization called the World Council of Churches. Sounds pretty important. And what they did was they got together with all the denominations, including Catholicism, Eastern Orthodoxy, Methodism, all these things, Lutheranism. And they said, let's talk about baptism. And let's figure out what we have in common. What do we all believe is the truth about baptism? And they came up with four things, and these are going to be the topics for our four weeks. And so every major denomination believes these things about baptism. That it's a participation in Jesus' death and resurrection. That's today's topic. Next week, we're going to talk about what it means for it to be a cleansing and conversion thing. The week after that, we're going to talk about what it means to be sealed in the Spirit and belonging to the body of Jesus. And lastly, it's a taste of the kingdom of God and the world to come. Today, we're doing participation in Jesus' death and resurrection, and we're looking at it from Romans chapter 6, 3 through 11. Here is the good news for the day. It says, don't you know that all who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried together with him through baptism into his death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too can walk in newness of life. If we were united together in a death like his, we will be also united together in a resurrection like his. This is what we know. The person that we used to be was crucified with him in order to get rid of the corpse that had been controlled by sin. That way we wouldn't be slaves to sin anymore because a person who has died has been freed from sin's power. But if we died with Christ, we have faith that he will also, we will also live with him. We know that Christ has been raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. He died to sin once and for all with his death, but he lives for God with his life. In the same way, you also should consider yourselves dead to sin and alive for God in Christ Jesus. Three points, head, heart, hand, something to know, feel, do. What does God want us to know? He says it a million times in this passage. Don't you know that all who are baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? This is what we know. The person that used to be was crucified with him. We know that Christ has been raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has power for him. Three times he wants to tell you something that he knows, and it's connected to death, and this is what God wants us to know about baptism. The old us dies with Jesus on the cross and in the water. The old us dies with Jesus. on. I mean, this is what baptism signifies, that you're being buried in a watery grave and being raised to new life. This is the symbolism of it. We are dying to our old selves. One of my favorite stories comes from St. Basil. It's spelt like basil, which sounds delicious, but you have to say it Basil if you want to pass seminary, I guess. Um, lived in the 300s, and one of my favorite stories from him is that one of the emperor's officials came to him and said, we have a new theology. Jesus isn't really God. He's just the son of God. It's less, it's less important. I want you to start teaching it. And Basil says, not a chance. 
not teaching that. And that's the Holy Spirit, y'all. Coming. It's my whiteboard. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> it's just my whiteboard. Uh, so the emperor's, the emperor's official says, we're teaching this new doctrine. And Basil says, I'm not doing that. And he says, don't you know that I come in the name of the emperor? Don't you know what I can do to you? I could take everything you own. I could send you to a faraway land to be exiled forever. I could even have you killed. And Basil looks at him in the face and says, is that it? And the emperor's official is fuming at this point. And he says, what do you mean, is that it? And this is what Basil says. Is that all? Nothing of what you mentioned touches me. We possess nothing. We can be robbed of nothing unless you want my tattered clothes and the few books, which are my only possessions. It sounds like me. I'm like, yeah, you want my books? You can have it. I got a couple of guitars, too, if you want them. Exile will be impossible since everywhere on God's earth I am at home. Torments cannot afflict me, for I have no body, and death is welcome, for it will bring me more quickly to God. And the last line, which is hard to read, and to a great extent, I'm already dead. He is remembering his baptism. He is remembering that he has died to himself already and is alive in Jesus. This is Karl Barth, one of the most important theologians of the 1900s. Just to give you a time frame about when he lived, Martin Luther King, as you know, Karl Barth famously says uh, that in the waters of baptism, we're trying to drown the old human, our old selves. He says the problem is, is he's such a good swimmer. That's what he says, which I love. I think about it all the time. He's always coming back trying to get us to get off track. But in the baptism waters, he makes my point. We're dying. We're trying to kill that old self. This is what God wants us to know. The old us died with Jesus on the cross and in the water. What does God want us to feel? Freedom. God wants us to feel freedom. Says it very plainly here. We wouldn't be slaves to sin anymore because a person who has died has been freed from sin's power. This is what God wants you to feel when it comes to baptism. That in dying to ourselves, we are free from the power of sin, from the power of our faults and our brokennesses, our selfishness, our rebelliousness. I was reading a story about a guy's near-death experience, not religious at all, but he describes his situation. He had a major heart attack overseas. He uh, was trying to figure out uh, what, what happened, uh, but then he started having some memories. And he said only about 10% of people who, who die, I mean, the doctors told him that he died, have memories of what happened when he died, when you die. And he said for him, it was like being trapped under ice. and He was trying to get out. Something about sticks. They used a defibrillator on him. Uh, he says it's the best uh, party story ever. And he says, some people will always try to come to him and brag because he's like, I had, a, I had a double bypass. And, and he's like, some people come to me and be like, well, I had a quadruple bypass. And he's like, well, I died. So what do you got? <laughs> what are you going to do? And so he tells this story about his death. And then he says, this is how it changed my life. He says, I went to the gym, but not for the same reasons that everybody says I should have. I went because I wanted more confidence. I went to the gym for a few years. I started eating right because death kind of scares you like that. But he says, ultimately, I decided I was done with stress. I got out of stressful situations. I tried to fix my failing business. I got away from people for a while. I have a new life rule. Whenever I start to stress out about something, I ask myself, do I have any control here? And if it's yes, then good. I can change it. And if it's no, then forget it. And I just appreciated that because 
from a secular point of view, from a non-religious point of view, his near-death experience changed his life in such a way that he now feels like he has freedom from stress. He doesn't put up with it. He gets away from it. Especially when you've had a heart attack, you want to stay away from stuff like that. And it just got me thinking that if this guy with a non-religious death experience can get all that freedom from stress, I think Jesus could free us from so much more. In fact, that's what Paul promises here in this letter to the Romans, that Jesus is freeing us from sin and death itself, from the fear of death, from, that, from the things that hold us down and shackle us. Jesus is freeing us from this stuff through baptism because of that death experience that we're having in baptism. We now can be free to experience the life that God has for us, which is ultimately what my last point. If you have any questions, send them. This is what Paul wants us to do. This is what God wants us to do. Because of baptism, we can walk in the newness of life. This is a direct quote. We are buried together with him. We too now can walk in the newness of life. We can walk in the newness of life. This is what Paul wants for us. This is what baptism enables us to do. We are a new person, dying to our old selves, freed from sin, so that we can walk in the newness of life. And let me reiterate something I said earlier. This isn't a try-harder situation. This is transformation. He isn't saying, uh, if you walk right, you will get newness of life. He's saying, after baptism, after this death experience, after this freedom, you get to walk in this newness of life. This is transformation stuff. This, is a tri- this isn't willpower stuff. This is resurrection power, right? This is what Paul says. If we're united together in a death like his, we will also be united together in a resurrection like his. This is grace. This is God's good news to us. Reminds me of this passage, my last passage, one more story, and then we're wrapping up. Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith, indeed by the faithfulness of God's Son who loved me and gave himself for me. This isn't try harder stuff. This isn't, and now that you have baptism, you, you know, you, you have to do these things. This is the promise that God is giving us, that on the other side of this death experience, there's freedom and life that God wants us to have. Final story I was thinking about as I'm thinking about this participation in Jesus' death and resurrection is this story. This is a missionary, Methodist missionary. His name's James Calvert. He decided he was going to go to Fiji. Well, Fiji in the 1800s uh, was a warring islands, and at the end of war, uh, most of the tribes practiced cannibalism. And so, not great. It's not, I mean, ba- <laughs> there were missionaries. Uh, one was named Thomas Baker. He had been eaten already. Him and his seven followers. Uh, he made a mistake. He messed up. They got a hold of him, and he was no more. And so, the Methodists in England felt a burden for Fiji, and so they just threw people at this place to try to get Jesus in this place. And so, James Calvert, decided he and his wife were going to go to Fiji. And so they did. I read one story. His, his, his friend who went with him died of dysentery like six months into it. He was engaged to a woman, and he's like, I don't want to go unless she comes with me. Can you imagine that's, that's the marriage proposal? 
Like now you're like, hey, you want to get married and move to Fiji? You're like, that sounds great. Let's go. But then it was like, this is brutal. I don't want to, you know, if you get married to me, we've got to move to Fiji. That'd make me double think some stuff. That's all I'm saying. But James Calvert goes, and they, they go through Australia, and uh, the captain of the ship is begging them not to get off the boat in Fiji. Please, this place does not send people home very often. This is not a very uh, warm and welcoming place for missionaries and for outsiders. You are going to die. And James Calvert says, we died before we came here. Let me off the boat. You see how his death experience in baptism shaped the way that he can walk in that newness of life. He was there for 18 years, 16 years in. He's able to have an audience with the king, but then the name was like chief warlord, and uh, he was the biggest warlord of all of them. He was able to have an audience with uh, King Seru, and King Seru converts to Jesus. He introduces, introduces him to Jesus, and King Seru uh, takes that introduction and becomes a follower of Jesus. And everything changes after this. King Seru, uh, he, he unites all of the tribes under one form of government. They get a new flag. It's the, the dove with the olive branch. There's peace. What would happen was that when tribes would war against each other, whoever loses gets humiliated and eaten. And King Seru, when he was getting attacked by warring tribes, he would win and then he would pardon them. No more humiliation and no more cannibalism, and this changed the entire nation of Fiji. Unites it under his flag of peace, and to this day, the motto of the country is revere God and honor the king. Of course, the king has to put honor the king in there, but revere God is right there. It's great. All because someone took their baptism seriously. I want to end with that dove because I think this is important. That dove becomes a major symbol for Christianity. Not only does it represent the Noah story, we know Noah's Ark, at the end of the 40 days and 40 nights of rain and the storm and all the water starts subsiding, the dove comes back with this olive branch of peace. And then we read in Jesus' baptism that the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And the early Christians put these two things together to make this incredible symbol of peace and new life. This is a catacomb picture in Rome of one of the earliest burial sites of Christians. This is one of the doves with the leaf on there. And what they wanted to communicate was after all the water of Noah's Ark and after the water of death of baptism, God has peace for us. God has a newness of life for us that he wants us to experience. Let's summarize what we said and pray. What does God want us to know? Being baptized in Jesus is letting our past be buried in Christ's tomb. The old us has died. What does God want us to feel? Freedom from the bondage of sin and self and the freedom to press into the life that Jesus has for you, which Paul says we get to walk in the newness of life, dead to sin and alive to God. Here's your spiritual practice for the week. I would love for you to make a list of those sins that you'd like to be dead. Remember that old man is such a good swimmer, even though we tried to drown him in the water? I'd love for you to make a list of those persistent things that keep trying to tangle you up hand those over to Jesus, but ultimately figure out your why. Why were you baptized? Remember that. Or if you're not baptized and you're thinking about it, figure that out. Let's pray.
Father, thank you. Thank you that we can come before you to hear about this ancient sacrament that marks a new beginning, a life with you, one that helps us to externalize the good work that you're doing within us, cement the transformation that you're working in us even now, and a catalyst for all the stuff you want to do in the future. Father, would you help us to remember? Would you help us to remember why we were baptized, what you were doing in our life, the grace that we felt like we had? And Lord, if we have not been baptized, would you help us to start chewing on this? What this is about? Is this something that you want for us? Ultimately, Lord, we want that newness of life. We want to walk closer to you. We want to be flooded with that peace that you have for us and that freedom that you so desire for us. And we pray that even now as we come to the table, that this bread and this cup would mark the continued transformation you have for us and that we would leave a little bit more like you by participating. We come in anticipation to meet you because we know it is only by your power that we could do any of this. Would this be a moment of grace? Would this be a moment of experiencing your presence? And we say these things in Jesus' name.